know that was a song, even if. My dad went to be with the Lord a year ago. I went and found his Bible, and in his Bible, a little piece of paper about this size fell out of his Bible. And uh, after he had uh, been escorted to heaven, it said faith at the top, and it said not what if, but even if. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, let's bless the Lord again. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's what faith is, not what if, but even if. And that's a powerful song. Thank you, Brother Joe. Again, I don't understand, other than we serve the same God, how Brother Joe knows what's on my heart, because I don't tell him as we talk during the week. But this goes right along with what the Lord has on my heart. Christy, by the way, we were praying for you. I was just min min thinking about that just a minute ago. And by the way, on the lighter side, let me just say this. We almost had another addition to our cemetery last night. Let me explain. I walked out of the church. It was 10 o'clock, 10.30, heading home. Wonderful day, blessed day. Right when I walked out of the back door, I saw a great big armadillo about this big. <laughs> right, right by the steps. Now listen, folks. Uh, I happen to have a pistol in my, in my, gut, my car. I've never shot it, Brother Eddie, but I, I love it. And I went and got that pistol. Some of our men said, Pastor, go ahead and take care of them armadillos, man. They'll tear up the yard. And uh, anyway, I went and got it, and I ran and got my flashlight. The huge armadillo went running out there by the cemetery, stopped right there at the cemetery. I had my pistol, and I'm thinking, should I, should I not, should I, should I not. I'm thinking, Lord, I can't shoot this thing on sun Saturday night and people come to church on Sunday in a dead armadillo in the cemetery. So bottom line is I'll get him later, okay? <laughs> he got by last night, but not again. Hey, look, I want to preach, uh, share on with you today a message entitled Payday Someday. So uh, I was looking for uh, Brother Charles and anybody that lives nearby. If you hear a shot up this way, you'll know what it is okay uh, payday someday watch this not far away everybody's familiar with the term payday someday but the Lord gave me the message to add to that I've been praying this week I think it's going to be a blessing to you payday someday not far away and signs were growing in our faith in Jesus I talked with a young man yesterday 27 years old I asked him point blank are you a Christian he said well not really he said I've got my certain beliefs and so we began to dialogue and talk a little bit. It wasn't the opportune time, but I'm praying for that young man. He was a very nice young man, very disciplined young man in the military and so forth. But anyway, I don't know what he's talking about, but maybe somewhere, hopefully before it's too late, he'll get things right. I had the privilege of being Wednesday at a uh, Christian school and sharing with the students. Get this now. They gave me from 8 o'clock in the morning this is junior high school through high school. From 8 o'clock in the morning, get this, uninterrupted till 10 o'clock. The students sat there without moving. Nobody got up. 10 o'clock from eight, two hours, solid hours, doing nothing but sharing the Bible. Isn't that a wonderful blessing? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've had the privilege of preaching eight times this week, and it's such a blessing, not including the five messages during the week uh, that we developed. That's 13 total. I love what God's called me to do. I need your prayers. Now, I said that to say this. At the end of the uh, message sharing with these young men, a young man came up to me, 12 years old. He said, I'm not saved. I'm not a Christian. 
by the way, he used to come to church here. I didn't even recognize him. He was a little toddler when he came here. He and his mom and uh, his dad, his mom and dad were saved. And anyway, we talked for a few minutes, and I asked him, did he understand what it meant to have a relationship with God? Not religion, but a relationship. And he said, no, not really. And I said, man, I'd love to sit down and talk with you sometime. And so right then was not the opportune time again. But I'm praying for that young man as well. And there's another young man that's been coming to church here, the 17. He's very interested in what the end time entails and getting right with the Lord. And so I said that by way of introduction. Yesterday, we stood right here, a 52-year-old man. Just three weeks ago, he was enjoying fishing and going down to the lake. No earthly idea that he'd have just a few weeks to live. And so I'm telling you, these uh, days are requiring you and me to be ready, not only to meet the Lord, but watch this, ready to share the good news. Somebody say amen. amen. We've got great news. Are you sharing it? I know we're busy. I know there's a lot of extra activity going on. I'm not going into more detail other than saying now is the greatest time I know to talk and share about the Lord Jesus. Question, are you growing in your faith in the Lord? Is your faith really growing? I want to share with you payday someday not far away. I know some, what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, man, if you look around in our world, particularly in the government and with the laws that are restricting Christian freedoms and liberty, it doesn't seem right. Why would God allow this? In fact, Habakkuk said the same thing. Why does a good God allow bad things to happen, Brother Joe? You mentioned it a minute ago. Payday someday not far away. Payday someday not far away. Question, are you growing in your faith? I've got a feeling some of us are stagnant. We stop. There's some of us who are content with where we're at. We've got to continue to grow. And the Lord said we'll not reach a plateau when we're not growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you today and ask you, are you growing in the Lord, growing in your faith in the God of the Bible? Well, I believe that tests and trials and afflictions and persecutions and suffering is going to come more and more to the people of God. Do you believe that? Anybody else believe that? I do. And I think the Lord is going to use these experiences. Y'all listen to me now. And he's going to grow us up, making us more like Jesus as we turn in our Bibles today. And I want to share with you four signs, four signs to see if your faith is growing in the Lord. If you're uh, closer to the Lord Jesus today than you were yesterday. And let me give you the four words, all right? If you want to jot them down, you can. And we'll come back to them in a moment. I'll tell you where to turn in just a second. All right? First, and they all start with P, participation is number one. Preservation is number two. And then persecution is number three. And then finally, preparation. We'll see this in the text. Don't worry about writing them down uh, all now. I'll bring them on the screen. But uh, here we find in the book of 2 Thessalonians. Find your Bible. And when you find 2 Thessalonians, hold your Bible up. We're going to look today at chapter 1. And here are four signs I believe that you can take an evaluation, do a little examination, and find out, Lord, am I growing in my faith in you? And what do I need to do in order to grow in my faith in you and your word? Wow. Let's uh, look, please, uh, in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 
And as we look again, uh, let me give you a little background before we read the text. We're just going to read the chapter 1. You remember that Paul the Apostle and Silas and Timothy had been at this church called Thessalonica. It's recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 17. And uh, yet Paul leaves. He's there just a few weeks. His theme is the second coming of Christ. And then the, evidently the church, watch this now, had been confused on some issues, like a lot of people get confused today. On what? For example, the day of the Lord. Say that with me. The day of the Lord. Say that with me. Well, when is the day of the Lord? What is he talking about, the day of the Lord? And had they already been experiencing the day of the Lord? These are the questions the church was asking. Consequently, Paul sends... uh, his men, he goes on to be in Athens and then Corinth, and he writes his second letter a little bit later after he wrote the first letter. And by the way, in addition, he was only at this church a number of weeks. Some say three, some say four. At any rate, the, uh, let's look at Second Thessalonians. Stand to your feet, please. I want to read the whole chapter, okay? Chapter 1 of the book of Second Thessalonians, chapter 1. And the title is Payday Someday Not Far Away. What is God going to do about this situation we're in? Let's read it, all right? Chapter 1, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Paul and Silvanus or Silas and Timotheus, these are Greek names for these men, Timothy, unto the church of Thessalonians. In God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, grace always comes before peace. <laughs> you got to experience God's grace. And then, thank God, the peace of God. I'm glad to tell you, Greg Pittman had experienced the peace of God, the man that died this week at age of 52 years old. I talked with him just a few years ago about his relationship with Jesus. And I may share a little bit more about that in a moment. But anyway, look at verse number 3. Here's where our text picks up. Please grab your pen and, and your piece of paper. I see some of you taking notes, and it's such a blessing to know that you're writing notes. I really appreciate that. Verse 3, here we go. We are bound to thank God. Now, the word thank there is Eucharist. That's where we derive that term. We are bound to thank God. Keep in mind, Paul's talking about this church. I wonder what he would say about us. (laughs) Oh, my. Uh, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me because of what? Your faith groweth exceedingly and that word exceedingly is present tense it keeps on growing they're not stagnant they're not worldly they're not carnal they're not you know bogged down they're not lukewarm they're not apathetic they're not indifferent they're growing in revival man they're experiencing revival they're going back to their first love they're confessing their sin they're getting right with god they're walking in the spirit they're obeying the prompting of the holy spirit they're hungry and thirsty for the truth of god's word and that's what he's saying notice he says we are bound to thank god brethren as it meet because of your faith groweth exceedingly And notice, the charity, the love, agape of every one of you all toward each other abounded. Love. Can I just be honest with you? Hold on just a minute. Let me just make a comment and we'll move on. If Jesus is in me and Jesus is in you, the Jesus in me is going to love the Jesus is in you. That's all there is to it. You don't have love for the brethren. There's something wrong. (laughs) Jesus said, that's how you can tell. You're part of the family of God. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. You have love one for another. 
Now, it doesn't mean love sin, but it loves love Jesus and love each other. Notice verse number uh, four. So that we ourselves glory in you in our, in our, uh, in, excuse me, in our churches. Let me read that again. Verse four. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God. Watch this. For your, what's the next word? What is the next word? Patience. Underline it, please. For your patience and what else? Faith in all your persecutions, imagine, and tribulations. Now, that's not the tribulation, seven years. It's tribulation, thalipsis, pressure. Paul said, you're going through some stuff, like Joe was saying a moment ago. Your patience, your faith, and all of your persecutions, and all of your troubles and trials, that you, what's the next word? That you what? All right, say it again. That you what? Endure. What does that mean? Are you enduring? Are you uh, persevering? Let's keep reading. Verse 7, or I'm sorry, verse 5. Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to, what's the next word? Recompense. You know what that word means? Payback. That's where I get the title of the message. Payday. Sunday, not far away. Let me read it again in case you missed it. Verse 6. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to pay back, to recompense tribulation to them that what? Trouble you. God says, it ain't over till it's over. Y'all believe that? I'm looking at a crowd right now that's wondering, why in the world I'm trying to serve God doing right, and I have all these problems and tribulations and trials and Things are going wrong, and I see people who are not serving God, and they don't care about the Lord, and it don't seem like they ever have any problems at all, and they seem like they're always being blessed. I know, this is an age-old question, is it not? But the Lord's reminding us right here. I'm sorry, wait a minute. The Lord's reminding us right here. Suffering today, rewards tomorrow. Troubles today, trials today, persecution now. It'll be worth it all later. Oh, man, this is going to bless you. This is going to bless you. Notice verse 6 again. Sing it as a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you and to you who are troubled. Rest with us. Does anybody today need rest? You've been anxious. You've been worried. Man, I tell you, we're always battling anxiety all the time. Somebody say amen. You know what I'm talking about. And we can get with the Lord and rest in Him. I need rest. You need rest. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. How can we rest? Here's how we can rest. Look. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Verse 10, when he shall come to be glorified. Oh, I just love that. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore, also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. What calling? Suffering. What calling? Persecution. What calling? Taking up a cross. What calling? 
not counting our life precious, but yielding our life to the Lord, serving Him all the days of our life. What calling? God's gift, God's calling. Oh, yeah, and the calling and to fulfill, notice the last part of verse 11, and to fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of, what's the next word? The work of what? Look, look, the work of what? The work of faith. All this is about faith in God. You say, man, I get lost in all this maze, all the persecution, all these hate crime laws, all the stuff going on. I get lost. God's growing my faith. Really? The Lord's allowing this. Yeah, yeah. Look, 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 keep reading. He says that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Doesn't it bless your heart today? Thank you, Father, again, that you're on your throne. Your word is forever set in heaven. And, Lord, these light afflictions we face here below and minor persecutions compared to those in other world, uh, third world countries, Lord, and, and so many who lay down their life for the gospel's sake, for your sake, uh, I feel so small in comparison. But I pray now that you'd uh, strengthen us and fortify us with uh, real faith in these days to stand and be good salt and a bright light in a dark world. Oh, God, we need you. Lord, keep us from worldliness. Keep us, Lord, from drifting. Keep us, Father God, from being apathetic and cynical with all the negative things happening. I pray, Father, for fresh wind and fire and fresh anointing and fresh reviving in our hearts and refreshing in our souls and renewing in our spirits, Lord. We need you to, uh, Lord, lift us up out of the miry clay. We need you, Lord, to breathe the breath of heaven, spirit of the living God, enlarge our coast, give us more influence, help us to be faithful to carry on the mandate from heaven to go and tell how you died and rose again and are coming again. So bless every man, woman, boy, and girl here today and change lives. Save the lost, oh God. We pray for those who are not ready. Lord, they'll have to fall in the hands of you, an angry God. God, get us burdened. Give us, Father God, a vision to see those dangling over the flames of hell and, and yet those escorted in your presence in heaven. Father, just uh, send us out and fill us up again and use us for your glory. Thank you again for victory in Jesus. And Satan has uh, limited time. And I pray, dear God, that you'd get us focused on your will for your glory. And when all's said and done, we'll bless you and worship you because you're worthy. Thank you for our time of worship today. We do continue that time now. May the word fall on good ground. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, grab your Bibles. And these four words I'm going to give you, they're all found in the text. Number one is found in the text, participation. That's in verse number three. Number two is the word preservation. That's found in verse four. This is what the Lord gave me, and I'm just sharing it with you, what the Lord gave me as I was studying this to try to think and pray over. Number three, the word would be persecution. And that's in verse 5. Number 4, the word preparation. And that's found in verses 6 through 12. And so let's progress to the text and let the Spirit of God speak to our heart. Number 1, participation. Notice what the Word of God says here. We are bound to give thanks or to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith, that is faith in God, faith in the God of the Bible, not faith in myself. 
I'm afraid to say, beloved, I think today we have more faith in ourselves than the God of the Bible. When we talk about faith today, I, I think we need to define what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And faith comes hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. And the just shall live by faith. That is in several places in the scripture. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Also in the book of Galatians. The point is this. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. And faith is taking God at his word. Faith, F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all, I trust him. Question, are we really trusting the Lord? Are you trusting over your finances? Oh, yeah, I'm trusting God to take me to heaven. I've asked Jesus to forgive my sin. But what about day-by-day pressures? What about things that come up that we can't control? What about the trials and troubles that blow in our life? Are we really trusting the Lord? Are we living in fear? Are we living in anxiety? Are we stricken and paralyzed with the enemy's roars? Or today, listen, today, do we need to renew our faith in God? And listen, beloved, not say what if, but say, not say what if, but say, even if, even if, Lord, even if this happens, I'm going to still serve you. Even if, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And that is in Job chapter 13, verse 15. He knows my ways, and when he tried me, I shall come forth like gold. That's Job 23, 10. Yes, the testing of your faith being much more precious than of gold, though it be tried with fire. That's 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 6. And so, hey, look, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I don't know about you, my friend, but listen to me carefully. You and I don't know what's on the horizon for tomorrow. And that's the more reason that you and I need to get serious and sober today. Why? Because we don't know what kind of storms are going to blow in this afternoon or tomorrow or the coming days. But I've got good news. My Lord knows what's coming. He's seated on his throne. He said, take no thought of tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of itself. Sufficient is the day thereof. So watch this. Whatever may come our way, we can trust the living God of the Bible because he's proven his faithfulness to us yesterday, today. He'll be with us tomorrow. And so come hell or high water, we can stand and say, I know in whom I have believed it and am persuaded he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. We serve a great God, a mighty God, and he is still on his throne. Amen. And amen and amen. Yes, he is, and that gives me great assurance. Yes, we can lean on our understanding, but here's what I want you to remember about this. Two signs. Notice upward and then outward. First, he says, because of your faith, grow it exceedingly. Again, that's present tense. Keeps on growing. Maybe there's somebody you that says, you know, I've just, the Bible's become dull to me. Reading the Bible, I'm not getting much out of it. My mind is wandering. I can't concentrate. I've got a lot of things going on. Coming to church, it's good. I just want to have an emotional experience. That's it. I don't really want to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord, but I know this. 
I know that, I, I know that the Lord Jesus loves us. And he said, the charity of every one of you toward each one. Here's, the, here's the, what I want you to remember, two signs. An upward, an upward growth, but then an outward growth. Can I be honest with you? If you're not growing in your relationships with your family and friends, you know why? You know why? Because you're not growing in your relationship with Jesus. If you put your relationship with Jesus upward first, I'm convinced that the Lord will begin to reveal to you things in your family that, uh, that you can be led by His Holy Spirit and make restitution, make reconciliation, confess some things, give some insight, share some wisdom, etc., etc. And, and so, left to ourselves, we're, <laughs> we're like that snake swallowing his tail. Amen. And by the way, uh, one man told me not long ago, he said, man, I said, how you doing? He said, I'm doing great. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, uh, I said, well, you've been sleeping these days? He said, last night I slept like a baby. I said, really? He said, yep. I said, you did what? He said, I slept like a baby. And I said, well, you know what a baby does. A baby wets the bed and wakes up crying. <laughs> you slept like a baby, all right? Anyway, hey, look, growing in the Lord. And again, if we don't love one another, then how can the love of God be in us? And John writes clearly in chapter 3, verse 14, namely 1 John, chapter 3, verse 14. We know we pass from death into life because we love the brethren. That's right. And we love him because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 19. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love, 1 John 4, 8. And so this love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Now, people may not look like me or think like me or talk like me, but look, if Jesus Christ is in me, then God's going to give me a love for the brethren and love for lost people too. Now, I don't love their sin, but I love them. Y'all look up here just a minute because I think this is a real dilemma. This is what the Lord spoke to my heart about this week. See if you agree with me. Uh, when it comes to our family, when it comes to our friends, it's hard to balance truth and love. Are you with me? Are you with me? Let me explain. It's hard to balance truth, and I'm referring to truth as the Bible. Truth and love. You see, truth without love is legalism. If we want to beat people over the head with the Bible, and, and in our own life, we're not even right with the Lord, and we want to point out everybody else's faults, you know, we've got to get the moat out of our eye, the big beam, the two before, before we get the splinter out of brother's eye. So truth, but watch this. On the other hand, if we just say, well, I love them, I love them, I love them, we love people, but we don't love their sin. We love people, but we don't love their sin. And see, it's, it's a balance. Now, you know I'm hitting a nerve right here. I know I am because you're right where I'm at, learning how to balance truth and love, how to love people without loving their sin, and yet how to stand firm in the Word of God without being a legalistic Pharisee. Are y'all with me? That's a real balance. It's a real balance to know how to balance both the truth and love. Here's the bottom line. Can I tell you, if, if I'm dealing with somebody uh, that I know may be living in sin, or uh, you know what the Lord shows me at first? I'm just going to share with this with you to tell you the process God leads me. Not always, but this is the ideal, if you will. i got to first examine my heart. See if there's sin in my life. Before I try to Find, you know, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one of those burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. 
Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. You know what, Brother Joe? We are notoriously known in the church when, when a brother or sister falls, and it can happen to anybody, to shoot the wounded. I think we ought to be in the business of restoration, reconciliation, don't you all? But look, but, but look, I can't love sin. I've got to hate sin, but I love the Savior, and I love Jesus. And, and I think there's a balance there right now, right this moment. You're thinking of somebody right now, aren't you? You're thinking of somebody right now, aren't you? You know that they're not serving the Lord. You know they're not right with God. You know maybe they're not really where they ought to be with the Lord. You, you're burdened for them. You're not criticizing them. Hear me. You're not criticizing them. You're burdened for them, right? Absolutely. Well, what should you do? You try to preach to them, they're going to shut down. Like the man yesterday, I tried to talk with him about Jesus. Man, he was running. I had to about catch him and to talk with him about the Lord. How I many know people don't want to talk with the Lord if they're not right with God? Amen? Most people won't. So what do you do? You pray. You, you ask God, search my heart. And do I have unconfessed sin? Am I, am, I, am, I, am I, you know, have a bad attitude about this person? Am I, is there something else in my, my heart that I need to get right that I can't really love them? I'll be honest with you. If you can't weep over who you're needing to pray for and your loved ones, then you're probably not in the right focus and not in the right position to go talk with them. So my suggestion is get with God today. My suggestion is let's get with the Lord today and say, Lord, search me and try me and know the thoughts within me. It's me, O Lord. And in me, David said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. My sins ever before me against thee and thee only have I done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inner part that thou mightest make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of thy, your salvation. And then I love what David said. Then will I teach transgressors their ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Oh, yeah. Are you hungry for the Word today? Are you receiving the Word of God today? Yes, receive the incorruptible, indestructible. Have you been, have you been feeding on the, uh, the sweets of the world? Listen, I can see a glare in a lot of people's eyes when you come to church. And uh, you can see a glare in my eye. I can see if you're really, if you're really uh, and there are different seasons, there are different times in our life when I know that uh, we're more focused on the will of God and revival. I know when other things are preoccupying our mind. I love you anyway, and you love me anyway. But look, number one, participation. Loving the Lord and then loving each other. But notice number two, if we're going to have payday someday and uh, not far away, and if our faith's going to grow, Notice number two. Look at verse four of the text. Here in verse four, the Apostle Paul, led by the Spirit of God, says this, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience. Say that word with me. Patience. Say that word with me. Patience and faith in all of your persecutions and tribulations that you would endure. The word patience there is the word hupomene. Look. This word patience does not mean when you're at Walmart and you're ready to check out the line and you're patient. That's not the connotation of this definition of patience. Nor is this word meaning when you're at a red light and you're waiting for the red light to turn green. That does not have anything to do with the word patience. Now, when we think of patience, that's what we think. But that's not the context of what Paul's saying here. He's saying this, 
when you go through tribulation, when you go through trials, how many know that it's easy to get a bad attitude and get ill when you're going through tribulation or trial? Thank you. A couple of people are honest today. <laughs> Amen. Hey, look, and, and, and when we go through troubles, troubles and trials, I'm convinced, beloved, that uh, the more the Lord carries us through troubles and trials, the more he refines us and makes us like him. Some people say, I want to grow in my faith in the Lord. Do you really want to grow in the Lord? You really want to grow in the Lord? Well, buckle up your seatbelt, buddy, because you're going to be going through more trials. That's how you grow in the Lord. And then when we get the troubles and trials, oh, I didn't want this. Why has all this happened to me? And God's saying, I'm trying to grow you up. I'm trying to increase your faith, increase our faith. Okay, I will increase your faith, but there's some, there's some uh, troubles and trials you got to go through. By the way, have you ever been riding down the road and seen a detour sign? Have you ever been riding down the road and seen a detour sign? You see, watch this. When we go through troubles and trials in life, uh, and when we're facing hardships, like some of you are right now, you, you sometimes have to take a detour. You know, bridges out, detour. The, there's nothing wrong with taking a detour, and that's what this word patience is all about, and enduring is all about. You see, there's nothing wrong with uh, having to take a detour, but here's the problem. The problem is, watch this, I've seen it, and I thought about it before I got to church today. How many people have I seen that I love and they've, they've, they've heard messages like this and then all of a sudden they started facing problems and, and, and tribulations and, uh, and adversity and then next thing you know, you don't see them anymore. Why? They took a detour and they stayed on the detour. They, they took a bypass. It's all right to, to, when you go through trouble, trouble. We don't understand everything. And I know we got questions and I don't have all the answers. Maybe one day the Lord will give us the answers, but I'm telling you this. Like Brother Joe said. See, Brother Joe could be at home. He had a daughter to die. He has every right to stay home and say, God, why'd you take my daughter? Are you with me? What would you do? Where would you be? Would you be angry with God? Would you keep staying in church? Would you keep singing? Talk to me, somebody. I know you would, Kathy, and I know Ronnie would, and I know several other of you would, because I've been with you and been with your family and seen your loved ones taken into heaven, and you hadn't given up on God. Isn't that a blessing? Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's real. Oh, there's Ronnie back there. Yeah, I was looking for you, Ronnie. I was looking for you, buddy. Praise the Lord. You hadn't given up on God? Man, this is the crucible. This is the crucible. Hello? It's easy to praise God when things are going good. The real test is when the bottom falls out. But that's where God grows us up. And so, and not only the thing of participation, but notice preservation. Lord, preserve us. Endure. Not only are we coming under. The word name means to bear under patience. And not only to bear under, but to stay on track. Stay on track. Man, it's so easy to get off track. Today, you know, to, you know, something happened. Get a telephone call. This is going on. This is going on. Get a bad attitude. Start getting mad and, and start wondering this and that. Next thing you know, we come to church, but we're just not right with the Lord. We don't have peace in our heart. And God says, this is the purpose of me growing your faith for patience, endurance, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, Paul said to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. No man that warreth and tangled himself with affairs of this life that it may please him who had called him to be a soldier. Endure to the end. Paul said, I press on. Hey, can I be honest with you? Some of us today, it would help you, and I think it helped me too, just to purpose in my heart and reaffirm, Lord, 
I don't know what the future holds, but I know you hold the future. And I'm determining by your grace, by your grace, I'm going to serve you the rest of the days of my life until one day I see you face to face. Will you make that affirmation today? Will you? Will you do it? I think it's a great needed affirmation of faith because we, again, are facing all kinds of hardships and troubles and trials. Participation, preservation. Number three, persecution. Notice chapter 2, I'm sorry, verse 5, chapter 1. This is the persecution part, again, which is a manifest to uh, token, manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you suffer. So suffering is a part of God's plan. Suffering, Jesus Christ suffered on the cross. We don't like to suffer. I'd rather not. But the Lord says, no, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. And Paul said, if we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. But if we deny him, he'll deny us. Are you suffering today? Are you suffering uh, criticism and uh, maybe persecution? Uh, it's coming more and more. We're seeing it more and more. And by the way, I love Romans chapter 8, verse 18. In the context of Romans 8, 18, listen to it. Paul said this. He said, I reckon that the present suffering is not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can I be honest with you? I know this kind of message isn't the kind of message jump up and shout, but it is a needed message today. Because this is getting down to the nitty-gritty. This is getting down to the, you know, uh, where the rubber hits the road. This is real life. This isn't fluff. This isn't cotton candy. This isn't tickling people's ears. This isn't easy believism. This isn't, but this is really reality in life. Just because you become a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to suffer, and I'm not going to suffer persecution and hardships and afflictions. But, watch this, not what if, but... Not what if, but... Even if, Lord, even if. Now, I'll be honest with you. It's easy to say even if, but I don't know my own heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I think we ought to add even if by your grace, Lord. By your grace, Lord. Because he that thinks he stand, take heed lest he fall. When a man thinks he's something, he's nothing, but he deceives himself. I'm telling you, we need God. I need God. Do you need God today? Do you need God today? This means yes, this means no. You need God today. And I'll be honest with you, the days pass by and we've never seen things that are going on now. We need the Lord now more than ever before. If we're going to stand strong, if we're going to be the men of God, the women of God, God's called us to be, we've got to endure hardness. We've got to be willing to say, Lord, I need you. Now, last but not least is the preparation. I'll be done. This is really the part I wanted to camp on, but I may have to wait till later. Seeing it as a righteous thing with God to recompense, pay back, tribulation to them that trouble you and to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. When is that? Not talking about the rapture. That's the second coming of Christ. And he says, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I I, I fear, I fear, I'm afraid. I don't want anybody to die and go to hell. I don't want anybody sitting here today, if they perish, if they go out in eternity, to have to face a thrice holy God. 
I'm telling you, God's a God of love, but look, God's a God of judgment, and God's a God of wrath. And if you trample on the blood of Jesus Christ and say no to Jesus, then you ultimately seal the judgment of God on your life. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. People still die and go to hell. Everybody don't go to heaven. I don't care the good old boy's mentality. Look, this is saying to us that just because you say a blessing at the meal or use God's name generically, you've got to be born again. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you repented of sin? Have you received the Son of God? And if not, once you die, it's too late, it's too late, it's too late. And by the way, the Lord is coming again. And all those who are used by the devil today are going to have to give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, it might not seem fair. Today, it might seem like they get by with it. But God's saying, you hadn't read the last page. You don't know what I'm, uh, where I'm heading with this thing. Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. And, and that ought to burden us to go and tell. That ought to burden us to say, Lord, I want to throw up the lifeline. Snatch somebody from the pits that are burning with the, uh, the lake of fire. One foot in hell and one foot on the earth. Time's running out. Payback, payday, someday, not far away. He shall come to be glorified with the saints and be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in, in that day. Wherefore, also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy, worthy of this calling. How many of us are whining? How many of us are complaining? Instead of at times when I want to say, why, Lord, and why me, Lord, and complain, God says, hey, look, you're worthy of this calling. I've called you such a time as this. This suffering, watch this, don't miss this. I, the Lord's saying, I can get more glory from your life through suffering than I can get in your life when you're not suffering. Oh, God, that helps me, Lord. That frees me, Lord. Now I see the big picture. Now I can put my life in your hands. Now I know you're getting glory. Hallelujah. Hey, look, worthy of this calling, fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Jesus is coming. He's going to make everything right. You believe that? He's going to make everything right. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb.